Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 462. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that are coming out November 24th, 2021. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're doing one of our trade and policy reviews. And Paul, this was a book that you picked. So why don't you set it up? Yeah, this is uh, taking place right after the conclusion of Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, the series. And this is The Promise, Volume 1. So... We'll, we'll talk about that more. Yeah, and also something else we'll be talking about is the beer that we're drinking, because that's always part of our routine here as well. And, John, I want to hear what you got. Uh, two showerheads. Some... What? Two showerheads. We got two showerheads in the new bathroom. This guy's it's crazy. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, but I'm drinking from Lagunitas Brewery, their Content Under Fresher. This is their Fresh Hop IPA with Mosaic, Citra, Simcoe, and Saburo, uh, Sabro. And this beer replaced their Born Yesterday and their Born Again Yesterday. Um, and it's not great. It's very, very light in flavor. It doesn't really want... it. Leaves you wanting more, but not from this beer. Uh, 7.7%. I mean, it drinks super easy for almost 8% because it doesn't have a lot of taste to it. Um, I was really hoping this was going to be good because I was a, a. I really enjoyed Born Again and Born Yesterday. Like, those are really, really good beers, and this is just leaving me really wanting. And I have another beer from them, which they changed the recipe and the name for brown sugar. Hmm. And it's like, "Eh, I don't even want to bother drinking that next. That's kind of a shame because brown sugar was always really good. I think they changed the name just because of, like, uh, they just didn't want to have brown brown sugar because it could be taken different ways. So it's, they got to... Name that's kind of like used to be sh- something sugar, something like that. I, I, it doesn't matter. I don't. I don't think I'm going to review it for this show. I'm going to get a different beer. But Paul, what are you drinking? Uh, you know, uh, it is that time of the month again where I'm on call. So uh, I am drinking a series of non-alcoholics, and Athletic Brewery Company is the one is the uh, non-alcoholic brand that I keep on coming back to. Uh, so I am drinking their Whirlpool Pale Ale. This is part of their pilot program. Um, they try out a bunch of different beers, a bunch of different recipes, and you can order these right online. Free shipping if I if you buy like two two six packs. So I think that's a pretty good deal. The price is very comparable to what I can buy them from the stores directly. So you know, uh, but you know, I, there's more variety online. So the Whirlpool Pale Ale, it's fine. It's just, you know, you the stand. It kind of tastes like a pale ale. Doesn't have that alcoholic kick to it though. It's it's okay. It's one of their more it's middling. Kind of uh, disappointing that here's what I've had from them. So, well, I'm sorry that Chris, I'm excited to Paul. see your Ninja Turtle. 
Well, you deserved it. That's why. You got two shower heads. You didn't say that about my beer. It's for the rest of us, guy. Oh. I want you to take a shower. Hey, Johnny. Johnny's a shower boy. What do you want from me? (laughs) Anyways, um, I have three new beers from Ellipsis Brewing here in Orlando, Florida for tonight. So I'm going to be talking about all those because they just had their triple can drop for these uh, this past Saturday. So... I am starting off with their Masterless, and this is a Imperial Hazy IPA brewed with Strata, Mosaic, and Matika hops. Um, and I think this is also relevant to our likings because the beers that they put out this time, all three of the cans are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle related. Uh, this one is called Masterless, and the can art has a lone Ninja Turtle on the can with all four of the weapons much akin to the Ninja Turtles uh, Last Ronin series that we've been reading every single month. Um, And this is a knockout IPA. I picked up just a four-pack of these. They do still have it on tap at the brewery, because this is something that I do want to get more of, and I will be sending you guys each a can of these while saving one for myself so we can all do them together again, even though I've had them before. Um, This is definitely something I'm looking forward to sharing with you guys. But also having, again, um, this is a knockout, beautiful, like, grapefruity, hazy, juicy IPA. I absolutely love it. Mmm. I love it. Paul, I can't wait to take you there when you come down uh, in April, because this is definitely going to be a stop. Like, we have to go. Oh, Eric said. <laughs> uh, it was one of my favorite places down there. Like, that and Sidewards, uh, I liked them both. I think they're both definitely like. I wish we had gone back to uh, <clears throat> ellipsis because. Yeah, but who who would have thought we stuck on a plane for five those, like, hours? Like in, in, the in the runway, like. <laughs> oh, you, you got some time. Yeah. We thought about mentioning. Uh, well, you mentioned maybe stopping by one more time, but we could have. We could have. Who'd who'd have known? But hey. Ali, we could have. I could have. Could have shown up. Uh, you at least get two, two hours late. They still there wouldn't have boarded the plane. The next couple of weeks. So. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> so, that takes us into the news, right, guys? And the news department this week was pretty light, even though yes. Des- uh, Destination D twenty three was going on, and. Yeah, I mean, there's... Epcot's getting a new... So not like, to spend CD. too much time on this because it's not too I mean, relevant to too much, but what, I mean, know. there was some stuff that they announced or said was coming back because the parks still aren't at full capacity and they still don't have everything open or up and running. So some of that was more just, hey, you know, things are coming back. They did show off a little bit more about what the lightsaber training experience is going to be at the Galactic Star Cruiser Resort once that opens up. Uh... Like you said, new restaurant uh, confirming that the Guardians of the Galaxy Coaster will be opening up summer 2022. But yeah, it's just it's a Disney fan event. So if you actually go there, they have a lot of exhibits of stuff from the past and like hands-on Imagineering stuff. That's pretty cool, but I I didn't go. So I'm I'm only going off what I've seen online. But something else I saw online that got me kind of excited was we got another trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. This one giving us a little bit more look at some of the villains coming out. 
Still no word on extra Spider-Mens. Two things about this. One, they give you that teaser trailer that says that you're going to see the trailer tomorrow. It was late. It was like 8.30 at night. It didn't release to like the evening. I was checking. I was was already in bed asleep. I was checking like all day, be like, oh, it's got to pop up. And then like some assholes put up their fake trailers and it says like, oh, it was released 20 minutes ago. So I'm like, oh, it's got to be it. And then I'm like, fuck, no, it's not. And then I get out of, I went to see Eternals. I get out of Eternals and then Chris had sent it and I was like, oh, God, thank God. Boop. And then I watched it in the, I made my white, well, it didn't make her, but we watched it in the car before we left. The movie theater. That's fine. So in this new t- uh, TV trailer spot, is there a villain that obviously gets kicked and or punched by something that's invisible? And then later they'll re-release the trailer again where that scene is taken out completely out of the trailer? Uh, yeah, there was a the clip in the because did you guys hear about that? trailer that definitely yeah. had With the lizard, unfinished yeah, the footage in it. Um, Stuff that they probably weren't supposed to put out there. Which, even when I saw the American version, I was like, oh, Electro and Lizard are leaping towards nothing. So there's definitely going to be more stuff there. But I'm I'm trying to be open-minded. But, guys, what if Andrew Garfield's not lying to us and he's not actually in the movie? What if they're... Uh, He's getting getting really sick. Of people asking him. It's, it's possible. He might not be. It might be just I'm a CGI sure version is. of I mean, Andrew Garfield. There's been too many know. leaks from the set to have it not be true, but I don't know, man. What What if he's not? Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going in there as if they're not in it. I'm going in there that those other people in that uh, in that scene, it's Doc Ock and Doctor Strange. Why, why wouldn't mm-hmm. it be? You know, like, it could be anybody. And even, like, Kevin Feige, and of course Marvel's going to do this, but Kevin Feige's like, you guys need to lower your expectations for this Spider-Man film because you guys are a little too crazy that, for it. That could be the game. Is that, again, Who them knows? just putting out a Thor trail, putting out a Thor trailer? Uh-huh. Yeah. Putting out a Thor trailer where uh, in Ragnarok um, he's fighting Helena uh, Helena in the in a street and mm-hmm. his hammer blows up. Is it seeing Hulk in that Wakanda battle in Endgame and he's not like Marvel yeah. likes to fuck with you? Like, yeah, it, it could be anything. That whole that scene might not even be in the movie. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't ask Andrew Garfield again about it, because he's going to go tick, tick, boom. What's that from? Oh, Spider-Man. That's a reference to the movie he's currently in. This this is a Spider-Man movie, from what I hear online. Yeah. The one about... The one about Rent. Yeah, yeah, he plays the guy that that. writes Rent. Or wrote Rent. And the musical th- music's done by Lin Manuel Miranda, of course. I was just going to say, and he convinced Andrew Garfield to to do it because mm-hmm. he didn't want to do it. 
Um, so, yeah. I'm excited for the movie. I I want to see it. It's going to be one of those movies that I, I'll get out and see maybe opening weekend because... It does? I really want to see it. It looks good. Yeah. I liked the movie when it first came out as uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, knowing Paul, Paul, you just watched that now, right? It's what, the been, trailer? Uh, you just watched the trailer the for Spider-Verse, so. right? <laughs> just watch Spider-Man. That's it. It's fine. <laughs> I heard, I heard <laughs> things about it. I know it's good. What did you hear? Uh, it was good. <laughs> I heard it was good. I heard the acting in it was that, uh, that what's-her-name was the best part of the movie. And I'm like, ugh. Come on, guys. I watched Black Widow on the plane. And spoilers for Black Widow. But she was the least interesting character in her own movie. She had, like, very little dialogue. And every time she turned around, there was a, another Black Widow that was out Black Widowing Black Widow herself. And it was just really annoying. Like, uh. she then goes and fights ten of herself. You know, it's like... Can't, can't, can't she win this fight? Let her. Can she win hey, this fight? Paul, <laughs> listen, Paul. Oh. I'm sorry to say this, but uh, we've already talked about this on a movie fix. Oh. So if you'd watched it, then you could have this conversation <laughs> with us. We're, we, we're done. Well, you know it's what's coming up? You can talk we're about done. Paul. Uh, the Disney Plus <laughs> show year. Ahsoka, which had a bit of casting news come what? out with Natasha Lou Bordizio, uh cast as Sabine Wren, fan favorite character from Star Wars Rebels, the kind of pseudo sequel show to Clone Wars. Uh, I looked. I just looked her up online. She's been in some stuff that I've seen, but I don't recall who she is. But I'm excited for her. I like Sabine. But that's all I have to say. Yeah. It's... Yeah, she's a great character. Uh, she was a great character in Rebels. Uh, I'm. I. I think people were speculating that she was going to be uh, popping. One of the up. things that so people it's, have uh, been. It's, it's great that she kind is. of champing at the bit for it. And I'm blanking on the actor's name. I'm going to do some quick Googling here. Um, uh, 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 from Disney's live action Aladdin adaptation that we had two years ago, uh, Mina Musad, who played Aladdin, is rumored to be appearing in Ahsoka as well. And people were saying like, oh, well, he's probably going to be playing Ezra Bridger because at the end of Rebels, uh, Ezra goes off into the unknown regions of space and you're never heard from again. So people are assuming that he's going to be part of it and at the end of the show, Ahsoka and Sabine go off to look for him. So as soon as Ahsoka popped up, they're like, oh, well, that means she's done looking for Ezra. So I think that might be one of the threads that we'll be pulling on the show, which I'm all for. Like, I love seeing Ahsoka in live action. I'm hoping to get some of Ezra, even though he's really shitty and annoying in the first two seasons of Rebels, but he gets better. Like Ahsoka! Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Gotta let those characters grow. Uh, just like uh, sometimes you have to open up a new beer because your last beer wasn't as good. 
Man, I'm going to stay really hydrated. How dare you, sir? I was trying it's to say Also, this is 8%. It, it drinks way too fruity and nice. Like It's like a nice, delicious grapefruit. And Chris, and you had to run out to grab your beer. So what beer did he come back with? Uh, my next one from Ellipsis is Slash. Uh, 6% ABV. This one is named after the evil alien mutant Ninja Turtle. Uh, and this is a hazelnut strawberry uh, pastry sour. Ooh. Uh, this is absolutely fantastic. It's. I was kind of afraid when I saw it was hazelnut. <clears throat> we actually talked about hazelnut recently on our group message thread. Not a big hazelnut guy, but this is just the right amount of hazelnut with that strawberry puree. Um, it, it's delicious. It's uh, it's not quite the humble pie the uh, side uh, hidden springs um, hidden springs thank you um, it's a little step down from that it's not as cinnamon there's not as much like vanilla on it but oh this is I'm I'm excited to share this one with you guys too it's perfect uh, the one thing about ellipses is like when we went down there I was like these guys know how to make a sour. Mm. Everything we had, I brought two four packs home. I was gonna buy a, a growler of um, a crawler of the the watermelon one because it was just apps. That melon one was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I would imagine that that would be done done right. It def- definitely is. Um, again, look forward to this coming to a mailbox near you, which I'm gonna need to get your new address. Yes. Uh, but Paul, what, what do you got next? I got the the Blueberry Mosaic pilot program from Athletic uh, Brewing Company. And this, you know, has a very slight little hint of blueberry to it. Uh, again, it's that kind of middling, not quite a pale ale, not quite an IPA kind of flavor to it. Um, it's decent. I've been, this is one of the pilot programs that I'm like, okay, it's a little bit different because you get that little bit of blueberry on it, which is... Nice. I don't know how they're preserving the flavor since there's no alcohol to preserve it. So, you know, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. And uh, I'm not going to look into it. I'm not a scientist. I'm just going to drink it. John, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking from uh, McKellar San Diego. Um, Hey, guys. There's going to be a new Game of Thrones series coming out. Mm -hmm. And, uh... McKellar got the Game of Thrones from Omegang, so now Ooh. they're making Game of Thrones beers. And this is Game of Thrones uh, Ghost Visions Lager. House of McKellar, Winter is Here, Fear an Empty Cup, Hops Barley Beast. Uh, and this is an okay lager. It's 4.5%. Uh, I got these because I thought it'd be fairly fun and I can throw it in a crafter own. Um, because this beer is like sixteen ninety nine for Ooh. a four pack. Uh, which I was like, well, I run a beer store. I'm not going to pay that. That's ridiculous. Uh, they have a double IPA, which I'll be drinking next, which is twenty three ninety nine for a four pack. Mm-hmm. And then they put out a... 16 ounce bottle 
of a imperial stout aged in bourbon for also twenty three ninety nine. So they are really trying to capitalize on Game of Thrones, uh, a show that nobody cares about because of that awful final season. And uh, I guess they're just hoping that people will pay that money for uh, for them after this new series starts. But it is a really cool looking can. Uh, I will also say all of my four packs I picked up were around like twenty two to twenty four dollars each. Mm. But again, limited release. <clears throat> like it's all my four pack or all my twelve pa- or so, sorry six packs that I picked up. But these are not an alcoholic beers. They were all ten ninety. Uh, yeah, ten ninety nine. I, I do have to say, like, when you have, like, I spent that buying those sours when I was at Ellipses. I didn't have a problem with that because yeah. I had tasted the beers beforehand and knew what I was buying. Like, I knew what I was buying. I was buying a really quality product. This is a lager for $17. Like, yeah. it's not a great lager. I've had a countless many better loggers than this it's not worth that price point and they're capitalizing on they're capitalizing trying to make money with game of thrones ellipses is capitalizing on people wanting to come in because of those ninja turtles but they are giving them a, a elevated product yeah and it's, i think if it's anything, not different like, than their normal pricing either yeah i think if anything like the ninjas is just there because the it's fun to do Ninja Turtles artwork for your for your beer cans. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and to buy uh, Ninja Turtle glasses that Chris and I both have. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You know what else that we're going to be buying? Comic books that are coming out uh, this week, this Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. And Paul, what are you picking up? You know what? Life Day is upon us, guys. It's a special time of year. It uh, happened at the parks, I believe, a couple days ago. Uh, when was we it the 17th, this. I think? Yeah, maybe the 17th. I'm not sure. I think so. Uh, I saw people on YouTube talking about getting the special Life Day treats and celebrating Life Day down there at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, and this is a new book coming out from Marvel Comics, written by Calvin Scott, who's been writing uh, some of the books over for the High Republic series. Uh, artist is Ian... Florelli, and um, yeah, it's it's Han and Chewbacca. They're under fire. They're outgunned. And uh, what's the book? You didn't say what the title was. It's Star Wars Life Day Number One. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, it's okay. I was confused. I thought I did, but maybe I didn't. It's uh, the Han and Chewie are they're they're under fire, and uh, Chewie is won't give up hope because he's going to remember lessons from Life Day's past and present. So, there we go. So, are there callbacks to the holiday special in this? I'm, I'm yes, because well, yeah, well, the cover alone has uh, Wookies in the red robes, okay. and also him holding a glowing orb, Chewbacca holding a glowing orb, which would be a callback to Life Day. Uh, you can find the holiday special on YouTube if you want. Yeah, it's all there. I do not recommend watching it because. It's absolutely terrible. Like I, we saw the understand thing on uh, Disney Plus. They put the bounty hunter. Okay, you know Boba and Fett. They, 
And they put one other thing on there too, right? Oh, I think I, I thought they put two two bits from it. Maybe there's two separate bits. I I don't think they should have because it's bad. <laughs> like as bad as you've heard it is, when you actually try to watch it, it's worse. Like it's it's a struggle to get through. Watch the He Man Shira Christmas special instead. Yeah, that one's fine. That one's that's fine. also on YouTube. Yeah. At least it was last season. John, what and, are you? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. What's your oh, reading? Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, well, Hawkeye, uh, Kate Bishop number one is coming out. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch. But I'm not going to pick that okay. book. <laughs> I'm picking Tom Holland's Fright Night. And this is a direct sequel to the original movie that was written and directed by Tom Holland. And this movie has the creator's blessing... Um, to be made into this book. He actually, uh, uh, that's why it's Tom Holland's Fright Night. Um, but this is written by James Kohorek, who's known for writing um, Ash versus Jason versus Freddy. Uh, and then um, art by Neil Vokes and Cyrus Mascara. Um I love the 1980s movie Fright Night. I like the sequel that they made, Fright Night Part 2. I enjoyed the uh, remake. The, uh, the updated version of it was pretty good. Pretty good. I just actually, I rewatched it um, for, uh, right before, in September, right before Halloween started. Uh, what did you watch it on? Like, what's it available through? Because I would um, rewatch that. What was it on? It was either on HBO Max or Amazon, or I think maybe Hulu. Okay. It, it could be Netflix. Uh, uh, I could list it? any other streaming service. I think, though, it was on Hulu. That's, I should have been more specific, because I put in Fright Night Streaming and brought up the original one. So I'll have to tailor do, my, do you know, my if Google you go, a little bit more. If you go onto IMDb and put it in, it'll tell you on um, the mo- under the movie where you can watch it. On oh, IMDb. smart! Um, uh, but I really love Fright Night, so this is a direct sequel um, to that. The impromptu uh, vampire hunters—it's a year later for them, and some trouble starts to kick up again. Is it Evil Ed? Is he back? Did he not? Was he not killed? Uh, who knows? Let's let's read it and find out. And don't worry, guys. Most likely, you will not have to read this oh, at the end of the month. Unless it's uh, really I, good. But I wouldn't mind just because I also really enjoy Fright Night. So I might I might be up for it. Yeah. Chris. But what I am up for is what John said previously. Uh, from Marvel Comics, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, number one. Tying into the Hawkeye show that we'll be getting this week over on Disney Plus, two episodes coming out on the 24th, we're getting a new Kate Bishop miniseries. Uh, it's just Kate Bishop doing Kate Bishop things, written by uh, Mary Kay Niekamp with art by Enid Balam. I'm not familiar with either one of them, but I know I like me some Kate Bishop, so here's holding out hope for this to be. Uh, a knockout series because just that original Hawkeye series 
Absolutely fantastic. The Matt Fraction, David Aja one. Uh, I'm forever going to be chasing that Hawkeye book again, and I'm afraid I'll never get it. But we'll see how this stands up. I go back every year and just randomly pick a trade from that series and read it around my birthday because I just started doing that. Um, I don't know, maybe like almost 10 years ago. And... um, like I was telling Caitlin, because I told her today, she didn't even know it was coming out. Like, hey, this is coming out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna want to watch it. But that Matt Fraction, like, that's my Hawkeye. Like, mm-hmm. you read those stories and you go, okay, this is the character, and this is why I love him. And this is one of those books. This is why I like. <laughs> this is why I like uh, Hawkeye. It's same thing as you know, you read like. Uh, uh, Matt Fraction and Brubaker's Iron Fist. Yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I like Iron Fist. And then I continue to read Iron Fist books, going, oh, this isn't my Iron Fist, because you, like you said, you're chasing that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes people are chasing a dramatic reading. I I can't segue that. And now. A dramatic reading from Avatar The Last Airbender. The Promise. Page 46. Panel 2. Flamio, Hotman. And that was a dramatic reading from Avatar The Last Airbender. The Promise. Page 46. Panel 2. And before we get into the main topic, we got another beer to talk about. And uh, I am drinking another McKellar Game of Thrones beer, and this is the Night King Double IPA. And this, for $23, is a rip-off. Uh, 8.2%. There is nothing spectacular about this beer. There's nothing good about this beer this is an average beer that they are making you pay money for for a game because this is game of thrones on it um i've paid five dollars less for an expensive beer that is 10 times better than this um this is uh a cash grab from them that they couldn't even bother putting a great product into the glass. And that is my that is my view on uh, these McCuller beers. When so, I was at Oma Gang, and I was talking to the wait staff there, and then also to one of the people that was at the bar, serving at the bar, and they both had the same line about the Game of Thrones beers. Like, when they released them, they, they were happy they, they got the license, but they were doing it, yes, in the Oma Gang style, but they were also trying to make sure it wasn't too out, out there, too, too crazy. They wanted to int- be introductory of those styles to people because they were afraid that this was going to be somebody's first craft beer. Is this like that? Where I, it's I like think, an introductory to craft beer, or and they just pulled their punch and they missed, or it's just bad. No, no, it's there are introductory 
IPAs. And like this is for it says it's a New England beer, but it's got a lot more bittering, dry your mouth out on it than you'd want in a New England style IPA. Same thing with the the lager. It wasn't like a great version of either one of these beers where Omegang won, yes, it said Game of Thrones on it, but they weren't charging you more than what they normally charge for a bottle. And these are definitely seem like they're amped up prices for McKellar beers. Um, McKellar puts out a beer called, like called Mosaic Subway, and Mosaic Subway is a fourteen ninety nine Mosaic IPA that I would say is head and shoulders above this beer, and you're paying nine dollars less. Yeah, these aren't introductory beers and if you're paying $23 for an introductory beer like you should get out of the game <laughs> yeah I, I feel uh, like if it was meant to be an introductory beer that price point is going to scare a lot of people off and I don't think I tried all of the Oma Gang Game of Thrones beers but I'd say I probably had a good number of them and I don't remember ever thinking any of them were too crazily priced for that bomber bottle because you know I would get those and just have it open for the night. Like it was something that I could kind of just like keep going back to. And they were all pretty decent. Like nothing was to like stand out about it, but I could also see it being like you said, Paul, like something that someone mm-hmm. picks up their first craft beer. They're buying it because it's game of Thrones, like whatever, they, like the red wedding or whatever. Mm-hmm. And be like, Oh, like this is a game of Thrones beer. Oh, this, this isn't bad. Uh, yeah. And it like, you knew what you were getting into it when you bought the fire of the fire and ice beers because the fire one said like made with chilies like you knew it was going to be spicy <laughs> you know like they were smart enough in the ways they did it and like i remember they did the one like the three-eyed raven which was like a imperial stout or a, a stout and i was like this is pretty good like i think we we had it paul when we were playing um D&D, because uh, Greg had brought it, because of course we're playing D&D, why wouldn't you drink a Game of Thrones beer? But it was one of the things that we both had it, and I think we went out and bought it again, because we were like, oh, that's a good stout, I would, mm-hmm. I'd drink that again. Um, so yeah, like, these guys are capitalizing on that Game of Thrones to get people in there, and it feels like they spent more time making cool cans than they did worrying about whether or not the beer was good or not. It's too bad. Chris, you drinking yeah. something better, hopefully? I, I am, and I feel bad talking about it now. So, Paul, do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, talk, tell me about your N.A. Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty nice, though, for an N.A., oh, because it's man. completely different. Rub, rub it in. <laughs> this is Dark and Gordy. This is their pumpkin ale uh, that's non-alcoholic, and this is... Uh, it's got a nice autumn kind of feel to it. Like, it feels like a brown ale that has, a, like, just a little bit of that pumpkin je ne sais quoi in it. Um, you know, pumpkin guts. It it's kind of smells a little bit like you just carved into a pumpkin as well. You know, the... But it, it's it's a good, like, a autumnal beer. I'm, I'm enjoying this one. And this is why I go to the pilot program, you know, for... These one-offs like this, so uh, yeah. Look online; it's it's the Athletic Brew Company, 
Athletic Beer Company, Athletic Brewing Company. So, uh, try your luck at it. Uh, like I said before, the Blueberry Mosaic was good. Is good, and uh, yes, it's Dark and Gordy, very good as well. Chris, nice. Uh, you, you, uh, you feel better now about? I, I do. Think you bridged the gap nicely, and John got up to leave because he he didn't want to hear me gloat so much. Yeah. Uh, but my final beer of the night, also from Ellipsis Brewing, five percent ABV, is Kawabunga, and this is their orange vanilla Berliner Weiss, and I. I'm sad John's not here to, to hear me discuss this one. Um, this is literally if you made a float out of tang and vanilla ice cream. <laughs> no, Paul, you, you grimaced, but it has that like that kind of like sweet tart orange flavor, like an mm-hmm. orange powder. I don't think they ever made like orange um, like fun dip. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it reminds me of fun dip in a way. Because it's just yeah. that, like, tart, sweet, like, fruit candy flavor. But then you get that nice vanilla, like, richness in there. Did Fun Dip only come in grape and strawberry? I don't know. But um, I absolutely love this one, too. And the fact that it's only 5% ABV means you could easily sit there and crush all of these. Um, but I can't because I made an oath to you guys that I would be sending you each a can of this so we could have them together for a show someday. And that was a promise. And you can't break a promise. Can't break a promise. And that leads us right into Masterly uh, Avatar Last Airbender The Promise Part 1. This is written by Gene Luang Yang uh, but overseen you know, pretty closely I would say uh, to the actual uh, creators of the sh- uh, the show, um, and I don't have their names in front of me. Michael DiMartino and Brian Catenso. There you go. Uh, and the art is done by somebody that nails it. Come on, the page info. Pull it up. Uh, art by Gurihiru. Yeah. Just one name, almost like Beyonce or Wong. And this follows right after. Basically, we get scenes from the last episode of Avatar, their last airbender, redone in this comic book. So it's happening concurrently with that last episode. The, the, the Fire, Lord, Fire Lord Ozai has been defeated, and uh, now it's a time of healing. And, you know, they didn't make, in the in the television show, they made the announcement that, you know, that the... Earth Kingdom would be made whole again and the Fire Nation would be moved out and, you know, the lands would then be repatriated. And, you know, it sounds easy in a cartoon series, but then when you actually think about it, <laughs> you got to deal with all these people that have been living there for almost a hundred years, you know, yeah. in, in these uh, new new colonies. Uh, and, they're, and some of these colonies weren't like just, uh, you know, towns that were taken over by the Fire Nation. They were actually built by the Fire Nation. They were, you know, built cities, and that's that's the linchpin of this whole um, this whole story. And it's a three-part story. We're rewrote part one because that's how they sold it to us. They sold us in one, uh, in eight, three different 80-page books. So, there we go. And, uh, I mean, as Chris, Chris and I said beforehand, like, 
it was a super fast read, and we probably could have read all three of these for um, for the show and, and talked about the whole thing, but it definitely fits and feels like a great sequel to the show. Like, the character's voice and everything fit them. And this story is a lot, like you said, Paul, it's a logical conclusion to, like, what would happen. Like, yes, Zuko would say, absolutely, we're going to take the Fire Nation out, we're going to make this all whole. And then when he goes there, and he's having these assassination attempts... And he goes there and he talks to the people who had been there for a hundred years. He realizes, like, no, like, these people live together. They, they work together. The Fire Nation might be a class ahead of the Earth people that are there, but they are all working and living in harmony there. And to just auto- automatically pull all of those people out would be detrimental to that society. And I think that's where they need to find uh, find the, the peace and find how it's going to work. And we know that it does work out for them because mm-hmm. we've seen the... Uh, Follow-up fo- series? <laughs> following a uh, cartoon series. But, yeah, it it feels like... I mean, as you guys say on... You know, you started it in your uh, word books as friends. Does it feel like a Star Wars story? Does it feel <laughs> like an av- Does it feel like an Avatar story? Yes. Yeah. I felt like these eighty-page books were about two to three episodes worth of length. Yeah. I think you get enough story that it. You know, I, I don't want to feel like you know make it sound like it's quick read and it's over and it's like disposable. I think it's a good two to three episodes worth of story in it. Um, yeah, I think there's Chris, enough stuff here with like them setting the table, like kind of picking up where the show left off, mm-hmm. and it does kind of put you right back into it. I mean, the book literally starts off the exact same way all the episodes did with that narration from Katara, like mm-hmm. Earth, like or like Fire, Air. Like it's it's all there long ago, and then. <laughs> oh, it's, it's no, it, it's fine. Like, and then I don't know how to say this without sounding bad, but you kind of jump into the story with almost the Jedi going to negotiate with the Trade Federation because you have like the meeting of the Avatar and Zuko, who's now the Fire Lord with the Earth Kingdom King, and they're talking about like, oh yes, royal decrees detrimental mm-hmm. to our society like they're talking about stuff and it's like okay so they are moving forward but then you still have those character m- moments that yeah they might have matured but they are still who they are as a character with like Sokka getting the oogies mm-hmm. when uh Aang and Katara are flirting like there's steps here that do take you into where you will see them wind up um, even once, cause they have like a little bit of like a flash forward in this. And I feel like that would maybe be like the start of like the second mm-hmm. episode because you have Zuko having Aang make the promise to him that if he ever goes the way of his father, like you take me out, like mm-hmm. 
I don't want to become that person. And then flash forward, he's becoming that person. Um, and it's that talk that Aang has with uh, Avatar Roku, where he's like, no, like, I... I should have seen this coming. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I should have ended it when I had the chance, and I didn't. So, yeah, it's, it's a very uh, uh, Avatar Kyoshi <laughs> argument that he's making there too. Um, but seeing those steps that they make, like Toph starting her metal bending school, and then training who's going to be like the first generation of metal benders who we know will become the police force of Republic City by the time we get to Korra. Uh, I really like the groundwork that that are laying for the next couple parts that are going to be coming. And then whatever other kind of pseudo sequel uh, avatar books we might have after this. Cause I know we've read some of them, but I don't remember what they were or when, uh, but I remember enjoying them and reading this puts me just back into that mind frame of like, man, this was a great show. I love everything about it. And these characters and, this book does <laughs> such a great job of capturing that. <laughs> uh, I, I said this too. Like, I feel like a, I feel like I've read this already, and I was like, I, obviously, we'd probably know if we read it for the for the podcast previous to this. But when I read this, I was like, I feel I, I feel like I've read this, but it might have been when Paul picked it for like the list, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll grab that and read it, like. It, but it also could just be that it feels like an Avatar story. Like, I've watched the show. I've watched the, the Korra show. Like, I really love this series. Like, I'm looking forward to watching it with my with my son and being able to enjoy it again with someone who's seeing it for the first time. And it's... It's a good, like, oh, you can't go home again kind of a thing. But, like, this is saying, like, no, you can. Like, we we also love it. And we're telling a story that makes sense in that world. And we didn't change the characters. And it makes sense that Zuko would ask Aang to make this promise. Mm. And then also tip towards feeling like his father or the stress getting on him and like at the end of the book where he goes and he goes to speak to his father, like, how do I manage this? Like all that stuff, all that stuff like adds up and it makes sense. Uh, I think my one detraction from this book is the three students, the liver, liver, What does she call them? Uh, lily livers. Yeah, the lily livers. Uh, just because they they are so such a like kid cartoon trope. Yeah, but they're characters from the show. Like they're characters yeah. from the show. When you see them, you go, "Oh yeah, them." And then when you see what is her name, Sugar Bee, or no, 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 the, 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 these the three characters weren't her three students aren't in the show. Are you sure? Right? I'm pretty sure they weren't I in the show. Feel I think like these were brand new characters. I don't though the way they're act, I'm pretty sure they're from the show. I think they're just very tropey. I mean, uh, that's also possible. 
You're talking about Snell. You're talking about the resistance. Uh, uh, sn- uh, sneer, right? Smellerby and uh, Longshot. Well, no, her like her. I remember her, but I feel like she. I I think that those those people because it's like the little girl, the goth, the goth girl, and then the heavyset girl. I swear they're from the show. Maybe I don't remember them. They might be from like a one-off episode or something, or maybe they they weren't all three together, and you just see them separate, and now they're all together. But I think they were they were a little too tropey for me. Oh, That's all I'm saying. Paul, Paul, you're making me want to go back and watch the show, and then I'll, I'll prove yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, prove it to me. Yeah, prove it. It's on Paramount Plus if you want to watch it. Uh, but hey, guys, I opened up another beer, and this is actually my best beer of the night. And this is from Lagunitas Brewery. This is their unrefined sugar. This is a strong ale that they've made with whole sh- uh, cane sugar. Coming in at 10%. Doesn't drink like 10%. And um, this is brown sugar. Um... It's a really nice drinking beer. It's got the right... It's just really nice on the palate. It washes away two awful McKellar beers in a pretty limp uh, Lagunitas IPA. This is very, very nice. I do have to say, uh, the other frustrating kind of thing for, for reading this book is that Katara is, of course, right. Like, she, she, she's the one that kind of is like, hey, maybe there's another way here. And it takes two more books for them to get circle back to that. <laughs> but it's fun. Uh, I'm on the Avatar wiki right now looking up these characters, and it turns out they also appeared in Toph's Metal Bending Academy comic. So maybe that was something you had picked up, Paul? That John might have read. Um, I'm trying to find. First appearance was actually in The Promise. So they do not originate in the show. Okay. But they you, do appear. You could have just had comics. John watch all of Avatar The Last Airbender. Be I, really, I actually to, really want to. So To go back to what John was saying before, John, you might have actually just read this book before. And that's why you remember them. Because... It does seem like they belong in this universe, and they do look like they get fleshed out a little bit more throughout the promise, and then the metal bending academy book. But yeah, but they I, they feel natural, and I think that's what's most important. They feel like they belong in this universe, much like you know, we get to see everybody else kind of pop back in. Uh, I'm always up for some Kyoshi warriors, and it turns out that they're going to be uh, Zuko's like personal guard, which is really cool. I like that. Again, a mixing of the Earth and Fire Nation, so... Who is Zuko's girlfriend again that pops May. up? I, I don't remember her. May. She's actually she in shows. the show, though. No, she, she is, but I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, she's part of, like, Azula's, like... Assassination like, squad. <laughs> yeah. And she was the one that was all doom and gloom. The, yeah, she's uh, the, like, meh. Emo girl. Meh. The Aubrey Plaza of the group, if you will. Mm. 
interesting. But not I, I, I don't know. Be pleasant. I remember he had a girlfriend, but I don't remember her. It's been a long time since it I've watched the series. It has been. There's been a couple like choice episodes I've gone back to and rewatched, and I've watched um, like YouTube compilations of like the best tough moments kind of thing. Uh, but awesome. I haven't watched like the whole series since we actually watched it for the podcast like eight years ago or whenever it was now. Probably longer. I think I rewatched it. I think I've rewatched it twice. And then probably about six years ago, I watched all of Korra. When it hit Netflix again, because it was on Netflix for the briefest time again, and I made sure I rewatched it then. And then I've gone back, not to watch like the top ten moments of Toph or anything, but they have edited together. You know how some of the fight scenes were broken up because you know they would jump to another story point, like the Ang. Uh, Fire Lord fight. Just yeah. edit it all together in one main fight. You know, stuff like that. Or like Zuko fighting his sister. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good to watch. I, that's that's pretty good, Paul. I think I'm gonna. I think, good, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> those those two are good. Uh, I, if you're a fan of Avatar and you haven't read this book, I wholeheartedly recommend it because it's very much in tone. It's picking up where the story left off. It seems to be as canon as you can get for a comic book spinoff to an animated cartoon that came out like, 20 years ago, give or take. Uh, it's perfect. And it could be because it's a comic art style based off of an animated art style, but the artist nails it. Like it's You're looking at static images from the cartoon pretty much. Like it it fits so perfectly. There's still that flow to it. There's the emotion and the, I, d- I don't know how else to say it. Like it's they, they capture everything perfectly. But do you know what? I forgot about casting to go out to the casting patch guys and talk about the casting news from avatar, the last airbender Netflix live action series. Uncle Ira was cast. Oh, oh. I, d- I did not see this. It's the guy that's from uh, Paul Song Hong Lee from Kim's Convenience, and also he plays the uh, one pilot that gives uh, oh, what's the her name the, the badge. The gives uh, what's her name the badge from the Mandalorian. The yeah. one pilot. The I can pilot. see him in my mind. Yeah, He's that Uncle guy. Iroh. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, I think I, it's just going to be great. I buy that. Do we have any word on when this is coming out, or is it still like coming soon in the future because they're still casting it? Um, August twenty twenty two. Okay. Daniel Day Kim is going to play Fire Lower Nozai, but we already knew that. And yeah, then, no uh, yeah, and then his other lost uh, counterpart, um, Ken Luung. Is playing uh, Commander Zhao. Zhao. So you got some good Lost connection there too. Ooh. Um, who's is Commander Zhao? The guy that was on like the the ships, like on, on the fleet with Zuko. 
Yeah, he was the first season. Okay. He was the main first season villain. He's the villain, yeah. Okay. He's the one that bl- tries to bl- kill bl- the uh, blow up the moons. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, leader of the Fire Nation Navy. Okay, yeah, it's all coming back to me. Oh wow, Jason Isaacs uh, voiced him in the cartoon. <laughs> much much like how he voiced uh, what's his name uh, the uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn in Rebels. Yeah, and but hey, also. we're not here to talk about that. We're talking He's also about- Lucius Malfoy. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like I don't have a lot to say about this book because it just it's so well done and it feels so natural to the cartoon that mm-hmm. I. And also, we just read the first part of the three parts, um, where the story just seems to really start to get going. Mm-hmm. That I do want to see where it goes and how it continues. Um, See, so yeah, good pick, Paul. I I would have to say, if you're going to buy this on Comicsology, buy it. Don't buy it full price. I think it goes on sale often enough. You know, buy it at a, a low. I don't know how much. Because I'm logged in, so I can't see how much it goes for. Do you guys happen to know how much? No, it's priced at no. Because I'm logging into your account right now. Yeah, I know. But I was hoping I was I was supposed to do that before the show, and then I forgot. Uh, it's okay, at. Paul. Yeah, I would wait for a good sale for it. And I already bought the other one, so I can't even look at the price of the other trades to tell you. Uh, you can get the oh, it's six ninety nine. Well, or you can get okay. the omnibus that's all three parts of it for fourteen ninety nine. Because I just logged uh, out and searched for it. Yeah, you can get um, on Amazon. You can get the paperback omnibus for fifteen fifty nine. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I have to say, every Avatar book that we've read. They nail it. They capture the voices. I've, I don't think we've read one where we've been like, no, this this isn't working. This isn't right. Like, every time we've read it, and, like, I think I've read, I think I read this book before. Like, <laughs> that it's like, yeah, no, it, it fits the tone. It fits, it fits everything. So, now every time we read an Avatar book, it... One makes me want to rewatch the series, and two feels like they did a great job with the series. I know it's not particularly Halloweeny or Christmassy, but I'm glad we enjoyed it, and I'm glad listeners you came back to listen to us again. We're weekly, guys. Yeah, we're hey. back to being weekly. And heads up for uh, next time, but we're going to be doing one of our collaboration we all drink the same beer so if you're able to pick up the clown shoes 12 days of christmas pack uh do that drink along with us because we'll be going through each episode we'll have a couple beers from that so that was fun last year i i really like doing that yeah that was great Uh, anytime we can drink the same beers or be in the same room with each other Mm -hmm. it's always great oh so good 